Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you on this cold morning, but it's a good morning, and we praise the Lord for it. Let's just, as we begin, ask the Lord to teach us as we pray together. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us and your goodness. We thank you for the beautiful snow, the crisp air. We thank you for the sunrise. We are reminded that your faithfulness is there. You are good. You are great. You are almighty. You are sovereign. And we can rest, hope, and trust in you. I pray that today as we open your word, you would teach us. And I pray especially today that you would help us to learn to apply your word and to not only be hearers, but doers of the word. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, for many weeks we've been studying in the book of Daniel, haven't we? Well, it's normally been my tradition that when we finish a book or a study, we do a review. But I'd and I'd like to do that today, but I'd like to do it a little bit different. I need all of your help. I need all of your help, and I'd like you to put on your thinking caps. And some of you may have a little sticker in your Bible. Remember these stickers we passed out a few weeks ago? Um, we're going to need those. Now, I don't have very many left. I only have six left, but I see some new faces here today. So I'm going to pass three down this side and three down this side. And if you didn't get one, go ahead and pull one off. These are stickers, if you don't remember or don't have one, that are just a list of questions that we can ask as we are reading God's Word and seeking to not just hear God's Word, but to do God's Word, to obey God's Word. <clears throat> and these are just some example questions to help us in that. So I'll start this down. If you didn't get one, go ahead, and you're welcome to take one. And when I get to the end back there at the end of the day, if there's none left, I might print another sheet of it. We'll see. And if you didn't get one, please let me know. But we're going to put the words up on the screen, too, as we ask these questions as we look and review the book of Daniel. So would you take your Bibles and turn with me to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And I'd like everyone to help me this morning. We learned about Daniel, and we learned some truths in chapter 1, and I wonder if you could join me in just looking over this chapter for a moment. We've already studied it, we've already read it, but just scan your eyes across it and think back to the history that you already know about this chapter, and ask these questions of this chapter. These questions, what are they? Are there examples to follow? Are there commands to obey? Are there errors to avoid? Are there sins to forsake? Are there promises to claim? Are there new thoughts about God? Are there principles to live by? Now, I want to let you in on another little secret that I think will really help you in your walk with the Lord and in your study of the Scriptures. And that has to do with, and again, one of the reasons why I prefer a printed Bible rather than an electronic Bible. I use electronic Bibles, but why, especially for my devotion time, I prefer a printed Bible? Because I have one of these in my pocket, a pen. And this is helpful to me, especially in days that are super busy and and it feels like I'm short on time. Or let me give you something else. 
Maybe some of you kids don't know this, but some of you grown-ups know this more than you wish you knew it. Have you ever found your mind overwhelmed where it's hard to set aside your to-do list, to set aside all your frustrations, to set aside your worries, and to hear God? Every day, right here, every day, I find that hard. And so, what I have found helpful is, is that as I mark my Bible, things that I have learned or things in which God spoke to me in bygone days or years, I can be reminded of actually very quickly as I just glance at my Bible. And so, there's some people who struggle to write in their Bible. One reason is because... um, they, they don't want to mess up what's there because this is special. And that's good. This is special. Don't mess it up. But it's important for us to be interacting with it and to be marking things. I remember when I first got my first Bible that I, I remember is mine. I earned it. I had, to, I had, it was a motivation of my parents had given me that if I had memorized the book of Jonah and could recite it or memorize Acts chapter 6, 7, and 8, that they would give me a Schofield Study Bible. So I did both, Jonah and Acts 6, 7, and 8. And um, Acts 6, 7, and 8 had to do with who I am as my name, my namesake, Stephen. That was the reason why that was the option. And I got my very own Schofield Study Bible as, oh, I think I was in the fourth grade, whatever age that is. And um, it was really exciting. And I, I, I still have that Bible today, and it is terribly worn out and beat up. Um, and it's not marked at all, because that Bible was so much work to earn that I didn't want to mess it up by marking in it. And um, when I got my next Bible um, to replace it, and as you can tell, it's kind of wearing out too, um, I, I've learned to mark in it. And so when I come to Daniel chapter 1 here, for example, and I'm asking these questions, I, I can glance down through this chapter and I have little words underlined or words circled or I'll write in the margin a little question and I'll write the question to me. Not always do I ask the question of the scriptures, but I let the scriptures ask me questions. And so in Daniel chapter 1 here, there's a few different things I've marked, but before I share some of mine, I wonder, for those of you who have already read Daniel chapter 1, or maybe marked it, or maybe haven't, could you take a moment to glance over this chapter again? Now, normally in our devotions, it's not a good thing for us to just glance over. It's important for us to read it. But for sake of time today, and for sake of learning how to apply, we're going to just take some time to glance over things. And I wonder, do you have any of you marked anything that has stood out to you in this chapter? that makes a difference in your life. Yes. Verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart. How, how does that make a difference, or did that make a difference in your life? Mm. Did you hear that? She says, chances are that if I don't purpose in my heart, I won't follow him. Very good. Anyone else have any thoughts? Anything stand out to you in this chapter? Ethan. Mm-hmm. 
yes, yes, yes. It's not just about your own personal um, abilities or skills, but that God gives wisdom and skill and knowledge. Wonderful. Thank you, Ethan. Anyone else? Yes, Brother Ray. find it beautiful there that it speaks of God giving it. Anyone else? Anyone else? You have another one, please. Yes, share. You gave us the theme that I wrote, the most high rule of the kingdom of man. And that quiets my heart sometimes when I hear the Just in a nutshell, I don't, I don't want to repeat everything, but I can't repeat everything as she said it, but of how God rules in the kingdom of men. God is sovereign. And when you hear the news or you're troubled by things that you hear, how you can be comforted by knowing that truth. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Virgil. I uh, was reading something this week and I came across a saying that said... Um, Life is a mix of three ingredients. Courage, caution, and wisdom to know which to use. Daniel had wisdom and understanding to be able to know when to use courage and caution. You prayed and you did what you felt God wanted to do. Yes, he sure did. He sure did. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, Courtney. wisdom and understanding from the Lord. Yes, yes. Any other thoughts? Elijah. Mm. Point out verse 2 about the Lord delivering Jehoiakim and how no matter how strong kingdoms may be, one can't defeat another unless God wills it. God is sovereign. Now, tell me, Elijah, that's a wonderful truth. And maybe, Elijah, something anyone else can help out. Let's ask a question. How does that truth and observation change how I live today? How's that truth live today? Do you have any ideas? Not to fear the other growing powers around us. That's true. That's true. Any other thoughts? 
yes, there's so many here. You know what? Every word that I have underlined in my Bible, you've all hit on. Isn't that interesting? God uses and works. We have the Holy Spirit who illuminates us and teaches us all together in different ways from His Word. So we've learned some things about wisdom, about courage, about comfort. Do you see how just Daniel chapter 1 can, if we look at it and seek to understand and seek to draw from it strength of how it can speak to us? But we have to think and take a little bit of time. Virgil mentioned something here about Daniel's wisdom. Ethan mentioned something here about Daniel's wisdom. I'd like to share with you just one other little tidbit of information that can help us in understanding that can also sometimes bring application for us. A concordance. You all know what a concordance is. What is a concordance? Anybody want to volunteer to explain the concordance to me? Nobody wants to explain it? Yes, what's in a concordance? Explain it here to Toby. Yes. So there's certain words that you might find in a concordance that probably are not going to help you spiritually, like the word and. The exhaustive concordance has every word and in your Bible listed, and it's probably not going to help you. So you probably aren't going to get a lot of help looking up the word and in much of anything. But how about the word Daniel? That one's actually really interesting because you find it all over in the book of Daniel, right? Because that's the history of Daniel. But I wonder, is Daniel mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? And it's interesting as you start here in Daniel chapter 1, perhaps you're in Daniel chapter 1 and you're wanting to learn about Daniel and you're just starting into um, to a, a week or a day or period of time of, of meditating in the book of Daniel or studying the book of Daniel. And this would be a perfect time for you to take your concordance off the wall and um, look up one word, just the name of the book, Daniel. And you know, you'll find some interesting things. Um, you'll find Daniel mentioned over in the book of Ezekiel. You'll find some other records of other men whose name were Daniel. But this particular Daniel, you'll find him mentioned over in the book of Ezekiel. And do you know what's interesting about him in the book of Ezekiel? He is cited and kind of quoted as a man who is an example of being the wisest in the world. And actually, there's a rebuke given to someone called the Prince of Tyre, who is kind of boasting himself. And the rebuke is, do you think you're wiser than Daniel? And this is really kind of funny, because then here, this is where, again, a little bit of study and a little bit of understanding of how the Bible's put together can help to bring this application to life. In the very time of Daniel's life, this isn't like after he's been dead for a hundred years and people are like, oh, the wisdom of Abraham Lincoln or the wisdom of George Washington. No, no. Daniel is alive right at the time of Ezekiel. And in the very time of Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit's inspiring Ezekiel to write about wisdom and speaking of Daniel as being a very wise man. It's like 
The world is talking about Daniel being a wise man. And so then you look at this and you go, oh my. And God's the one who gave him wisdom and understanding. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, Daniel had it. And you can take then what just from here, and you can bring a little bit of study in to start thinking about it and go, wow, this Daniel had wisdom. I want wisdom like Daniel. How do you get it? Well, again, if you begin to learn to use a concordance, you can start thinking about the word wisdom. Maybe your Bible even has a cross-reference to this verse. In the book of James, there's a question asked or an instruction given. And it says this, do any of you lack wisdom? Well, that's a great question. Yes, I do, I do, I do. I think we all can say that. None of us, I hope not, none of us, are like the prince of Tyre who think we're wiser than Daniel. That's a problem. I need wisdom. I lack wisdom. I need wisdom. And so the New Testament book of James tells us how to get wisdom. And how is that? If any man lack wisdom, it says, let him ask of God who gives to men liberally his wisdom. And we keep reading and find out all kinds of things about wisdom in the book of James, that there's an earthly wisdom, as, 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 as Courtney was talking about, uh, an earthly wisdom, but then there's also a wisdom that's from above. And wow, Daniel had that wisdom that was from above. And so it tells me, as I'm looking here at Daniel chapter 1, I lack wisdom. I need wisdom. I've got all these problems in me before me this day. Maybe they're problems at work. Maybe they're problems in parenting. Maybe they're problems with, you name it, any category of problem. I need wisdom. You need wisdom. And we look at Daniel, and we haven't even talked about the story of Daniel. I mean, did you see all his problems? My problems aren't like his, but I got problems too. I need wisdom like Daniel needed wisdom. Daniel was able to handle his problems how? From wisdom that was from above. How am I going to handle my problems today? From wisdom that is from above. And so I look at Daniel and I say, today I'm going to be like Daniel. Are there examples to follow? Yes. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they're all wonderful examples to follow. Seeking God for wisdom, purposing in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves. Oh, how much there is in Daniel chapter 1. Well, as you've been thinking before we go on, any other thoughts? How can we live and not only be hearers of the word, but doers Daniel chapter 1. Anyone else have any thoughts? Brother Ray? Kind of sums it all up. For these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel was the only one understanding in all visions and dreams. We've got the Word of God, and this is how we get all of those things. Hmm. And it works. That's very true. We can get all of those things, he says, as we listed in verse 17 of chapter 1, by the Word of God. Chapter 1, verse 17, by the Word of God. Thank you. Anyone else? 
Yes, Lincoln. I think in just like a, looking, looking at a high-level overview of the whole chapter and seeing how Daniel was pulled out of his life and his home with his family and taken to a foreign kingdom and how he's now being forced to eat the king's meat and to be what the king wants him to be and to see how he, in a spirit of wisdom, like we've been talking about, steps back and doesn't reject it in a... Uh, but has an appeal process for, could we do this? After 10 days, I'm going to trust the Lord to work this out. And has an appeal process with the guy he's talking to, with the Prince of the Eunuchs, to see if they can have a, have a solution. And he trusts the Lord for the outcome. And in the end, the Lord gives him the increase. And it wasn't done through a, a spirit of... Uh, it was done through a spirit of an appeal. Mm -hmm. Yes. That if he didn't make him stronger, that he would have trusted the Lord either way. Because that's where Daniel was. Daniel worked in his favor. Or the Lord blessed his desire to eat and not eat the king's meat. But he was willing to trust the Lord with the outcome either way. Yes. Yes. Very true. Thank you. Anyone else? Well, let's scan over chapter 2. Oh, chapter 2 is interesting. Uh, we have Nebuchadnezzar with a dream. Nebuchadnezzar forgetting his dream. Nebuchadnezzar wanting to kill everybody who can't tell him what he dreamed. Daniel saying, give us some time. Daniel and his friends praying. Daniel then revealing the dream. Oh, you remember the dream was the dream of the image. Why, what can all happen? What can we apply? What can we live from Daniel chapter 2? Now, little hint, this is a little harder. But there's still things here in Daniel chapter 2. What are some things that you see as you look over this chapter in Daniel chapter 2? Brother Reisinger? Amen. Amen. That's, that's a, that's, that, that, that is the richest nugget I find in this chapter. Daniel's faced with death. Really? And what's the first thing he does? He blesses God. Yes. What do you see? Yes, Miss Foltz.
Verse 18, that they would, the prayer was that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven. Brothers and sisters, that's rich. We, these, these little details are not just given here to tell us the history of Daniel. These details are given to us here. These were written for our learning. The Holy Spirit inspired Daniel to record these in the very words that we, in our tribulations and trials, look back and we find comfort, we find strength looking at this. And these are the things. They're facing death. And yet, what do they do? They gather together to desire mercies of the God of heaven. Yes. Anyone else have anything from Daniel chapter 2? Or chapter 1. Maybe something comes late. That's okay. Pam and Lincoln already said, but maybe the application is when I, in the course and in the unfolding of the events of my life, when I feel a rub against what I, you know, what I know the character of God to be, and when I feel like something is wrong or doesn't fit and needs to change, it should lead me to God to say, help, Lord. Whether for mercy or wisdom or whatever, and he can guide and provide and work out a, an outcome that's, that is good and that does fit what he wants. Yes. And, he, and he's at work in my life to change me and to influence those around me. And so we need, I need to be a person of faith ready to make that appeal and see God work. Yes, yes. Yes, so true. Thank you. Anyone else? Toby. Um, first part of Daniel 2, 20 says, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. Now, just a question under new thoughts about God Yes, so new thoughts about God. He reveals secrets. Very good. So true. Now, think about it for a moment with me, Toby. How does that change my life today or your life today or tomorrow? The fact that he's the one who reveals secrets. If there's anything we don't know, he knows it. If there's anything we don't know, he knows it. Very good. True. So, that means that, um, well, let's get really practical. Ever sit down in a day and have something you don't know? <laughs> I do. Certainly. I mean, it could be as simple, oh, all, all, all you kids, listen up. It could be as simple as your math problems. Where's the wisdom, the knowledge come from? Yes. And he's the one who reveals secrets. Yes, yes. Thank you, Toby. Now, I have another thought on this, too. Chapter 1, I always found it very interesting that Nebuchadnezzar said they were 10 times more knowledgeable. Yes. I didn't like that. I don't know what they ate, but I sure like some of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
10 times more knowledgeable. He, he, you ask the question, I wonder what they ate. You know, I don't know that the knowledge came from the pulse they ate. <laughs> I did find thy words and I did eat them. That's another scripture, not in Daniel, but I believe Daniel believed it and lived it. How do I know that? Well, one of the reasons I know it is because he's one who purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. How did he know what would defile him? He had God's word. Now, he didn't have as complete revelation as we have. But what he did have, I believe he truly searched and knew. In fact, we have evidence of that later on, that even the most recent revelation of God, like within the generation he lived and right before his generation, the revelation through Jeremiah he was even meditating in and he was finding life to live by. So what did he eat? Hey, you know, we don't have to figure out what the non-GMO stuff was he was eating. It's right here. You've got it. You have got it. Revealer of secrets. Now, this is something that's a little bit more, um, more big picture. But what is revealed here is secrets that are more than just knowledge of math problems. These are secrets of events future. And, and what is incredible about that is, is that that causes me, as whatever I'm facing, in my little glimpse of focused time. I, you want to blow your brain? Um, start thinking about all the stuff you don't know. <laughs> um, all the stuff you don't know. And then realize that God knows everything. And not only does God know everything right now, God knows everything in the past and everything in the future. Um, and he's the revealer. And there's some things he's revealed to us in the future that shows us how much we can trust him. And also then, this gives us how this applies to my life, is that now I can look and see, oh, there's these kingdoms, there's these problems going on in the world, going back to chapter one, all of this. God's in control. God's in control. And so when I'm trying to orchestrate this little detail and this little detail and this little detail and I feel totally out of control, that's okay. Because what really matters, God has got under control and I can trust him. Any other thoughts here? Daniel chapter 2. Bruce. From verse 17, it says, Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hanani, Michelle, and Ezra and his companions. He knew he had a problem and, and he didn't just keep it to himself, um, but he shared it with others and then bring the Lord that's a wonderful insight. Did you catch that? Daniel had the concern issue, and he didn't just keep it to himself. He shared it with others whom he knew would take it and go to prayer with him in it. Wonderful thought input. Yes, a practical application. Any other thoughts? Brother Smith? When God gives him the, the dream, he privately praises God for it, but then when he goes to the king, Hmm. 
are who we are because God's called us and put His Spirit in us and given us all wisdom bit by bit. But by the grace of God. Amen. Yes, yes. Yes. Thank you. Did I see another hand over here? Yes, Brother Ray. God's Word. A lot of Christians today, I'm finding it's not getting older, they don't rely on the principles of God's Word because they're not in God's Word as much as they should be in God's Word. And simple principles like, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, is a big principle that many people overlook it. We have a mighty big God. If He says He can do all things, you can go to Him for all things, no matter what that is. And that principle will help you overcome maybe a sin problem or a problem where you have doubts of uh, God being involved in your life. God's always in your life. He's there in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I love the Holy Spirit of God because He's there with me all the time. And boy, does He clobber me at times and say, hey, no, this is right. And, and it works. It works. God's principles always work. They're not secrets. They're there. But we live like they're not there. Well, he reveals the secrets. They're yes. right here. Yes. The Holy Spirit of God. Yes. Uh, God clobbers him sometimes. That's the RT translation. <laughs> yes, God disciplines us. He loves us. And he instructs us and teaches us. Yes, and he clobbers us. <laughs> In love for our good. Tender love, yes. Yes. Virgil. Factor of that is also through the wisdom given to Daniel, he spared the lives of many wicked men that deserved what was coming them by the hands of an evil king, and he did forgive and or he was forgiving and did spare their lives. Yeah, very true. Other thoughts. Other thoughts. Daniel chapter three. Nebuchadnezzar forgets his dream about the golden head, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the iron mixed with clay, and the stone cut without hands. And he decides to make an image out of all gold. Tells everybody, bow down and worship this image. But we find Daniel nowhere mentioned. Presumably he was out on business traveling somewhere. Don't know. But his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were there. And you remember, they refused to bow down to that image. Even when they were given second chance, they refused to bow down to that image. How can I live what I learned from Daniel chapter 3? Or let me rephrase that question in a little bit different light. You know, personal devotions are very important. In fact, they're the basis of what I'm about to mention. Personal devotions is personal between me, my God, and the communication of prayer and His Word between us. Personal communication, personal devotions. But you know, there's something called family devotions. And it's ever so important for families to be striving to be intentional about family devotions. Because as what, we're trying, what I'm trying to do here in discussing these questions and talking through this with us as, 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 as a body is that we can help each other to learn. And so often, the way that we learn how to apply God's Word is taught. Now, the Holy Spirit's the best teacher. In fact, he's really the, the only teacher. And he works through. Oh, 
moms and dads. And so in addition to personal devotions, family devotions are important. And you may find that for your three-year-old, well, no, those questions weren't good for a three-year-old too, don't they? But you may have to make it a little bit more of a bite size to begin to teach your three- and four-year-old, your 10-year-old, your 12-year-old. And so put your thinking caps on as moms and dads. Picture your own children. And think from Daniel chapter 1, 2, now 3. What are some questions that we can ask ourselves as parents that we can also ask our children to teach and to help our children to live Daniel's chapter 1, 2, and 3. Anything come to mind? Or, hey, how about this? Maybe kids ask. How do we live Daniel chapters 1, 2, and 3? What, 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 what can this, these pastors, how do they make a difference in my life today? What does it do for me today? Any thoughts? Yes, Mrs. Morris. To make right choices. Yes, to make right choices. So, how, let's see, Ben, how did Daniel make right choices? Daniel or his three friends? Well, his three friends did right when they used courage when the king so they made a good choice of courage to disobey the king. Yes. How's that up here? Which one does that fall in, Ben? What, what does that have to do with up here? Any of these questions answered by, by Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Did, did they set a good example for you? Now, are there any commands to obey? Yes. What? Not to bow down before any other God. Very good. Now, here's another question of how this conversation can go with moms and dads. He just gave a very good answer, Bible answer. Don't bow down to any other gods. Now, let me give you a little secret about American Christian children of all ages. That includes all of us. We don't think we're like those pagans who have those idols that we bow down to. We don't have all of those fetishes. We don't have those idols in our homes. We don't worship other gods. Or do we? Here is a great time for moms and dads to, with the children, talk about what are the golden images in our house? Or more importantly, what are the golden images in our own hearts? Now let's look at Daniel chapter 3. There's one given in Daniel chapter 3. We're all focused on this great, magnificent golden idol. And God, how stupid those people were to worship golden idols. Why did Nebuchadnezzar set up a golden idol? This is a kid's question. Why did, why did he... 
so people could bow down to it. Why do you think that Nebuchadnezzar wanted people to bow down to his golden idol? Ah, because they wanted them to worship him. Hmm. So what's the real golden idol here? Is it the golden idol set up in the plains of Shinar? Where is the golden idol? Nebuchadnezzar's the golden idol. Ah. How? Why? What's a word? What sin is Nebuchadnezzar committing when he's got this golden idol, when he's making himself the golden idol? Pride. You're right. Now, here's a question that each of us have to answer. Do I have a golden image of pride in my heart? Yes, I do. I have to knock that idol down every day. And you know what the problem is? I can't do it. Truth is, when I try to knock it down, it seems like I just build it up greater. I have to have a right perspective of God to know how small I am, beloved and treasured by God, but so small, and how great God is. And when I get a right view of God, the golden image of pride in my heart goes away. You know what? As a dad, I need to admit that I've got golden images in my heart. My kids need to know that dad has got problems too. And dad needs Jesus too. Because it's easy for us to look at Nebuchadnezzar and go, he's the bad guy. when it's really recorded for us for our learning. What's the golden image in my life? It may not result in a golden image we set up in the plains of Shinar, but if we were as great and as powerful as Nebuchadnezzar, would it? It would if we don't allow Jesus to tear it down. The power of the word of God to tear it down. So you're right, Jesse. Did you see how we worked through that? Did you see how, how, this is Mick, right? Yeah. Okay, I got to see you guys side by side. <laughs> this guy here brought in one truth, complimented by Ben, complimented by Jesse. Sometimes our needs for learning the Bible is very important to have other people help us. Sometimes it's helpful, and this is the one value of, of family devotions, is because sometimes when we have personal devotions, and it's just between us and God, we fall asleep. And sometimes God nudges us, but most of the time he doesn't. But you know, when you have devotions where two or three gathered in his name, do you have a problem falling asleep? But you know what? I have a lesser problem. And so it's another port. These questions ask. See, I'll give you another hint. Some of you may have put this sticker in your Bible, and some of you may be asking yourselves these questions. But as soon as you ask yourself the question, 
I'm, I'm going to just speak for myself. I ask myself the question. As soon as I ask the question, my mind goes racing off on this little rabbit trail of what I got to do. And I don't ever even bother to answer the question to know how it should change my life. Well, you know what's valuable is that when you have a brother or a sister in Christ, they're with you. And you ask that question, your mind may race, but do you see how they'll help you to come back to answering the question? So if you struggle, find someone. Find someone to call or to meet with. I'll recommend to you the members of your family are the best place to start. Some of you may not have members in your family. You got a phone. Use a phone. The, we can help each other and share each other. I've been blessed this morning because there have been insights that have come from different people here that are insights totally new to me. And I now sit back and I look at this and I go, ah, that was good. That's going to change my perspective. I made some extra new underlines in my Bible this morning that the next time I come to Daniel, I'm going to remember these new truths, hopefully. And that comes back to where Brother Ray was sharing, are we spending the time in his word? Now, there's another important part to personal devotions, and we really haven't um, taken the time to do this, but it's, it's praying. Think about all that we've learned all these different applications. One of the parts of purposing in our heart is talking to our God about it. Let's pray and do just that. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom, and you've promised us wisdom. We want wisdom like Daniel had. We want wisdom like Jesus had. Give us wisdom. Teach us and show us how to live. Help us to obey you. Help us to purpose, to make a plan, to obey you today, to do what you want us to do today so that you can be glorified in our lives. We need you, Jesus. Teach us from your word. Your word is so filled with treasure. May we seek out those treasures, obey them and live them. We praise you now and love you. And we pray in your name.